Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity, help for handling hijackles, those difficult, toxic, and often disturbing people in your life. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler, the Relationship Help Doctor, and I'm here for you. You'll get the insight, skills, strategies, and support to stop tolerating verbal and emotional abuse, whether it's happening now or it happened to you in the past, maybe by a parent, partner, ex, relative, or even a coworker. Time to take life back, to recover and to rediscover you, your values, dreams, desires, and realize them in healthy ways in healthy relationships. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to Save Your Sanity Relationship Dialogues. This section of our show has individual episodes where I have conversations with experts. And this is an important thing so that I can bring to you different perspectives, different specialties, different angles on what's happening. All the things that we need to think of when we have been impacted or imprinted by a toxic person a difficult person, a even disturbing person. And we need to know these things because if we don't, we go into the world and we become unwitting prey. And that's what happens to most of us because growing up, we don't know these things. We don't know they're happening to us. They don't know what is being taught to us. We're just taking it all in. So there's nothing to forgive yourself for once you find out that you have been with a hijackal or you have done certain things or been certain ways. Just simply know from this moment onwards, as soon as you wake up, you can then move forward and do things differently, see things in a new light. And this is very important. So this is why I bring this segment to you on relationship dialogues talks with experts, my friends, my colleagues, uh, other people in my field. So I hope that you enjoy this first one in their dialogues with Johanna Lynn. She's going to talk about inherited family issues. Very important to have a look at. Remember, you can always find me at forrelationshiphelp.com and enjoy this episode. Talk soon. Hello, and welcome to this segment of the Relationship Help Show. So excited. I have my guest here today, Joanna Lynn, and she is from Canada, my homeland. So yay, I always like to have Canadian folks on the show. That's great. And, uh, and I'm excited that that's going to be our topic today because she brings something very unique. So as you can see, beautiful Johanna sitting there. Do you say <laughs> Johanna or Johanna? It's Joanna. Joanna. Okay, lovely. Um, you, as you see her, let me just tell you a little bit about her because she has something very, very unique in the way that she approaches things. And she's fascinated by what parents share with their children, the invisible stuff that's passed along in the DNA. And the one thing that we all have in common is that we come from a family. <laughs> there's none of us who didn't come from a family even if that's a single parent family so we've been influenced far more than we know by that including in our dna but also in everything that happened to us and joanna offers a powerful way 
for us to see where the root of the challenges are and then helps people to figure them out. And you use the term inherited family trauma. So let's just start, Joanna, welcoming you to the program. I'm so excited that you're here. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's, it's good to talk about something different. Of course, we're talking about living with toxic and difficult people all the time here on the Relationship Help Show, but we really do have to look at inherited family trauma. And I like, I use that phrase actually, um, but I'm delighted that you use it as the focus of your work. So what, what do you do when a high-conflict couple comes to you and says, help? The first thing I do is I want to take a little bit of family history from both sides so that we can make sense of what is pretty much dysfunctional, of where it feels familiar, why it feels right or, or common in the body to feel disrespected, to be spoken to poorly, whatever the, the need and want kind of ratio, that push-pull between a couple can be that are immersed in high conflict. So a lot of times when we can get a little bit of family history, we can step beyond the story. So we want to look at, okay, if you say your mom was highly critical, what was behind that criticism? Why was she always angry? Why was she impatient or you know, quick to anger? What was that about? So that we get a little bit more understanding around the influences because in my years of experience working with couples, our partner shows up exactly as we need them to, to show us what's unhealed in us. So if we've got that highly critical spouse, it often routes us back to how we remember in our body, likely we were brought up by a highly critical parent. Mm -hmm. And you know, Joanna, that's what I call finding yourself comfortably uncomfortable. Perfect. That, that yeah. we get to that, that place where, okay, I don't like it much, but it feels so familiar that I don't expect anything different. And when I don't expect anything different, of course, I don't ask for anything different. And I don't allow myself to be assertive and say, let's do something different. Exactly. So we recede and we recede into our story and our, our, our victim or our poor me or our how could, why is this always happening to me? And I don't, I don't want to make that sound like you've got a, a huge problem, but you just retreat into that very familiar place. And that's what I hear you talking about. And when people are with hijackals, those chronically and relentlessly difficult people, toxic people, um, it becomes even worse because a hijackal will target a person who has that uh, in their family that says you will put up with this you will turn yourself into a pretzel and make yourself into a doormat to make me happy so when you're looking at these these new clients and you're looking into their family history are you looking for those patterns where somebody is used to allowing themselves to be treated poorly uh, allowing themselves to feel less than what are you looking for so I look at it from a slightly different perspective in that we as children, we look up to our parents. Of course, that's our first love. And let's say we had a really sad mom who wasn't very available to us, or we had a dad who was always at work. And when he did come home, there was no more energy or attention for us. And so often, if we end up in a relationship with someone who's very high conflict, we have been used to 
looking up towards the parent with this kind of inner question of who do you need me to be so that you'll love me? Yeah. Oh, you want me to hive off this, this whole arm? Okay, there you go. Take it. Just give me a little bit of that attention. So our whole nervous system has been attuned to, even if it's just a little crumb of what I need, I'm going to let that be enough. And so a lot of the times, these two people, you know, they meet at, let's say, a party, and they come together like magnets. It's almost as if a higher part of them knows, okay, we get to work through these unresolved pieces that are sitting inside of us. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things from my work that I'll just put into this conversation is that, you know, it's, it's so complex. It's so complicated. It is simp- not it's simply not simple (laughs) because if I have, if I have had that attraction and there are those needs and there are subconscious things happening and abuse that's been normalized for one person and a hijackle comes in a person who has pathological things going on with them. um, They see their moment, but when they come into your practice, it may be different for you with you're saying you have a different approach that what do you do when they come in and you say to them, tell me your history and they, they give it out, but they don't take any responsibility for the fact that they have this deeply critical or neglectful or abusive situation that they came from and entertain the notion that it could have something to do with the problem in the relationship? It's a very powerful question because we have to look at the reality that there are many people who just do not want to look at the roots of why they do what they do. Some of the most painful, you know, habits can come from that place. Yes. So a lot of the times that where I find, even if I'm working with half of the couple, you know, maybe only the wife will come and the, the powerful approach is for her to recognize, okay, that's why this feels so familiar. What is it that I need to integrate and understand within myself so that this feels less and less familiar. This feels less and less where I want to be. How do I heal those parts of myself if I'm a puzzle piece that fits in with that? Because, you know, we can't force our partner to, you know, look at this or, you know, read this book or attend this this therapy session with me. Um, We've got to take full responsibility for our own part inside of it and recognize maybe the spouse who is highly critical, who is high conflict, doesn't want to look at this. You know, my experience with with clients that are that way, you know, anger and sadness, they're very much two faces of the same coin. And so there might not be that access to go into vulnerability to quote unquote, look under what's been stuffed in the body where it just feels easier to be rageful, to be impatient, even if it costs them their relationship, their family, because in their inner imprint, I call it the family imprint, You know, love equals um, being let down. Love equals this this push-pull of being on a roller coaster ride where some days we're connecting, some days we're at each other's throats. And if it wasn't that way, it just wouldn't be love. Mm-hmm. So there's and, a real readiness that's that's got to be there for the client, as I'm sure you find in your practice as well. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I, I have come to realize over the years that I've been doing this, Joanna, that... 
that there are three kinds of hijackles. They're what I call black hat hijackles, gray hat hijackles, and white hat hijackles. There, there are people, the black hat hijackles have the DNA markers, they have the brain chemical wash, and they have the abusive background. And they only know one way and they're sticking with it. And they, you know, it's just the way they're going to be and they have no interest in recognizing that or changing. Yeah. And the gray hat hijackals are people who have a little awareness of how they are and what works out in the world. And so they tend to only show their hijackal tendencies from their background, and they may or may not have the other two factors, when they're under extreme stress. And so they can manage some of it. And then there are the white hat hijackals. These are the people who are fairly unhappy. They recognize they can't sustain relationships, that they keep hurting people, and they don't want to, but they're, they're kind of like a one-trick pony. They only know one way to be in the world. Mm. They only know one way to respond, and that is to take control over something before it takes control over me. And I'm, I have that, as you were saying, that deep well of sadness versus rage, the two parts mm. of the same coin, that the rage ends, is so much easier to express than the sadness. And so then they have to... And they're often willing to, and they're a small percentage of these people, but they they say, help me. I mean, they cry real tears. Yeah. Black hat hijackals cry crocodile tears at the drop of a hat, but white hat hijackals cry real tears. I don't know why I hurt her. I don't know why I yell at him. I don't want to be like this. Help. Yes. So what's your experience with that? Well, I would have to say that they get to this point where their desire to be loved, you know, kind of gets over that pattern of hurting to get love. And so there's this, you know, I've gone through two, three, four relationships where the pattern is just too familiar and oh no, you know, I'm the common denominator. And so until we've hit up against that proverbial wall enough times, am I actually willing that that courageousness to go inside and to really look at what that's all about so I'd, I'd have to agree with you i do see those distinctions that you've outlined and that kind of points to their readiness to do the inner work to be able to show up differently whether or not the separation remains and we're just talking about co-parenting in a more healthy way or if there aren't children involved perhaps the next relationship has a much more healthy tone Mm-hmm. And I think that's so, so true for people. You know, you're in a relationship and it has a pattern. And as you were saying, you know, inherited family trauma, you've got all the stuff that you've seen when you were before the age of two, you've mm -hmm. taken in so much into your little being without language all through your senses, you've got a sense of who you are, whether you're important, whether you're loved, whether you're valued, whether you're validated, whether you're wanted. And then you're watching the play out among the parents and the family dynamics, and you're getting a sense of how you fit. And then maybe you got marginalized. Maybe the only way that you could ever do anything at all was to disappear into the walls and then come out fighting 
or that you went into a rageful stage where you stayed a three-year-old having tantrums every time you didn't get your own way and you're still doing that at 36 you know Um, and these things have a way of just maybe they look a little different but it's the same thing and for most hijackals particularly black hat hijackals we know that they're there's they're stopped at an emotional space of, you know, no more than 10 or 11 years old. Yeah. Because of all this trauma. Exactly. Mm -hmm. A lot of pain that kind of keeps it stuffed. And and I think what's important to add there is that it is a sort of new understanding of science and epigenetics, this concept of, you know, it might not even be our own trauma, our own experience that has us replay these patterns. You know, you could think of it that we're all a little bit like a computer and we're born sharing an operating system with our parents and our grandparents. You know, we're kind of running those same programs. And so for those people that are really stuck in replicating that pain, those are often the first places that I'll look. You know, did your father commit a crime and he didn't have, um, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Didn't, um, you know, go to jail or there wasn't balanced. Um, did your father or did your grandfather go away to war? And there's all kinds of guilt stuck in at the, at the soul level that then carries down to subsequent generations. So that can be sometimes some light that is shed on these really stuck, harsh patterns. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that, what you said, because mm-hmm. it's very important for us to realize there could be unresolved things in the family system that have kind of spread to us, the, the little DNA contagion, if you will, and and they're not even ours, but we feel them and we operate from them. And that's, that's important. I know I come from my father's family was an entire layer of hijackals. There was Mm -hmm. not one of them that was not a hijackal. And my father was an extreme passive aggressive and that was his response to it. So when you've had a family systems issue um, or an inherited family trauma, as you say, we get to choose our response to it consciously or unconsciously. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine that with your work as a clinical hypnotherapist, that dealing with the subconscious and unconscious patterns plays a big part. Am I right? It really does. I think we can't have one without the other. I'm very much a full picture thinker. uh, And our our inner images, they really run our lives. And so what I mean by that is, if we hold the inner image that, you know, gosh, no matter what I could do for my mom, it was never enough. Or, you know, no matter uh, what mood my dad was in, he would always be uh, insensitive or, or critical to me. So if that's the inner image, it's as if we go out into the world and life shows us those same themes over and over again. Right. And that's something we really want to talk about. So we're going to take a break and come back with Johanna Lynn. You can learn more about her at Johanna Lynn. And now I'm saying it with an H because I want you to spell it with an H. J-O-H-A-N-N-A-L-Y-N-N dot C-A. Because remember, she's Canadian. So Johanna Lynn dot C-A. You can find that. She has a free book there for you, the Be Good to Yourself, a free gift. And you will explore that and learn more about her.
so glad you spent this time with me today. I hope you heard something that touched your heart and empowered you to move forward. You can have the life and relationships that you most want, and that begins with you within you today. I'm always here for you. Life can get better, and you heard that from me, the Relationship Help Doctor. I'm Roberta Shaler, and I work with clients throughout the world through video conferencing. We can talk. So learn more at 4relationshiphelp.com, F-O-R, relationship, H-E-L-P.com, or visit me on YouTube at 4 Relationship Help. Join me for next week's show.